Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The clothing brand Old Navy on Friday launched a virtual Santa boot camp to train mall Santas on how to deal with outrageous gift requests like gas. <laughs> gas is expensive, you see. I just said gasoline, that punchline. Gas is like, you mean intestinal gas? Ga- ga- oh, 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 like gas for my car. I just saw it's a record high national average for gas at 340. If you're in huh. California, if you had a station that had 340 gas, you'd have a line 6,000 cars long waiting to fill yes. up. Yeah. That's the yeah, national indeed. average high. And, no, and, and nobody says anything about it. Nobody says, hey, wait a second, how come our gas is $2 more than the rest of the country? Because you know, of taxes that are wasted on all kinds of crap. Anywho, I just came across this poll about Black Friday. Most Americans still believe in Black Friday, whatever that means. And dislike the month-long sales. I believe in Black Friday, Jack. Don't you? <laughs> Isn't don't... that how you get on the Polar Express by clicking your heels three times and saying, I believe in Black Friday? It's been a while since I've read the book. Maybe I'm misremembering. I feel like we got to do our little Black Friday speech. Oh. <laughs> Does everybody... Are you talking about us or the king? The king of Black Friday. Well, the king of Black Friday. We always <laughs> like the king of Black Friday. He he waited in line at Best Buy. Is that what he did? They're looking for that. Um, How could that be missing? I don't what know. I, I'll never I would understand. like to find that person. I know. And I will. I will take their head. I don't. And I will squeeze it in a vice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes, anything. I will. I don't know how that happens either. Uh, but uh, so Black Friday is now like a month of people claiming there are Black Friday deals. Whatever the freak that means, it's just pre-Christmas sales. It's just it's the same thing that's. Always has and always will happen. <laughs> Jack, you know, Black Friday was the day when retailers would actually be in the black for the year traditionally because Christmas shop of the is never true. Which, it was never true. It's like Kyle Rittenhouse is a militia member. There's never a shred of truth to it. So uh, the whole Black Friday thing was never, never, never really true to begin with. And now it's even sillier than it ever has been to be followed up by in a few days. The dumbest of all things, Cyber Monday. <laughs> yes, it, it makes the dumbness of Black Friday look like non-dumbness. Because people shop at work because they have better internet speeds at work. Well, if they have any internet at all at home. <laughs> Which is why people shop online on Cyber Monday. Who has got better internet at work than they have at home? Anybody? I don't think so. Not me. <laughs> I know, whatever. Uh, the pe- people still believe believe in Black Friday. I, I don't even know where to start with it. I don't even know what that means. Do you believe in Black Friday? <laughs> if you see a price you like, buy it. If you don't wait, I, I don't know. Do whatever you I want. I don't care. <laughs> Do whatever you want. <laughs> buy magic beans on your way to the to sell your cow. I don't, I don't care. I didn't think it was interesting, though. A third of shoppers who were interviewed for this Black Friday survey, a third want stores to mandate masks. And half want them to, was it half? No, it was 28% want them to continue to limit the number of customers in the store. <sighs> I, I have run into that recently. I don't shop there. I go somewhere else. Sorry, store. If, oh, there's, yeah. if there's a line because you're only allowing so many people in, I ain't buying nothing there. No way. That's ridiculous. Boy, and a third of people want a mask mandate? 
I see that, and at the very least, I say, are you blanking kidding me? I know. And if I have to go in, I will. Generally, I have to go back to my car because it never even occurs to me to have really? a mask in my pocket. And all those stores I go to, it's absolutely you have to wear a mask. Not even That's a thought, because not. you live in a liberal enclave. Yeah, there was like a liberal. two-week period where you didn't have to wear a mask in my county. And it was so freeing and everything like that last summer, but it went away quickly. I don't know when it'll come back. But uh, the whole, you only have so many people in the store. Oh, whatever. What the hell ever? This is the Nike outlet yesterday, and they got a special line. They've got these cones up and everything, so people will walk in this door and out that door to, oh, whatever, whatever. Because you can't pass somebody in the blink of an eye, because, of course, the CDC says... A, uh, a, a significant encounter is like within four feet for 15 minutes. Mm. So, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Hold on. This makes no sense whatsoever. It's like a superstitious ritual in the year 1300. And yet it endorsed. And for how long? Where are the guidelines for how long this lasts? Is it about cases? Is it about hospitalizations? Is it about deaths? What's the, what is it about, friends? Right. Please tell me, and I will obey your ever-wise dictates. So that's the interesting thing about emergency powers. And this has been true for thousands of years, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about Mubarak in Egypt or probably Caesar in Rome or Gavin Newsom in California. You enact these emergency powers, and then guess what? There's no criteria for when you lift them. There's a school-wide mask mandate in California and lots of states. Everybody, every kid has to wear a mask in school. It's it's the law. Um, what's the criteria for lifting that? Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. There isn't you know, one. They haven't they haven't come up with one. That's funny. I was just it was probably a week, week and a half ago. I was reading a couple of things about how in uh, most European countries they're not having the kids wear masks at all. They'd completely gone away from that because there's no need for it. There's no there's no use in it. Um, but now the story this week is that uh, all the Euro countries are locking down like crazy. Some of them, you can't leave your damn house if you haven't vaccinated. They've just gone completely the other direction. So it's just so haphazard. And then, you know, the other thing is uh, the, the really hard-hit states right now in the U.S., and there was only one I could come across that I think is having any sort of concern about the hospitals being overrun, that's Minnesota. But it's a bunch of northern blue states that have been super lockdowny. Okay, now they're getting hammered. And how it hasn't occurred to uh, humanity at this point, it comes and it goes, it goes and it comes. You lock down for a while, you think you're ahead of it, then all of a sudden it washes over you. I don't care where you are. This bastard is going to be with us for the, the end of time. I'm hoping it mutates to be less deadly, and so it's just an annoyance. But this is, oh, Lord, help me, the new normal. Deal with it. Figure out what sort of life you want in this context. Quit talking about emergency powers. It's not an emergency. It's the, the way it is. Thanks, China, by the way. And or bats of louse, which we haven't gotten to yet. No, we haven't. There's a new uh, theory on where the uh, the whole thing may have started. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing for my new. Well, we're we're kind of bluegrass metal. We play metal songs, bluegrass instruments. We call ourselves the Bats of Louse. <laughs> well, we used to. We can't anymore. Michael, can you play clip seventy one while we're on the topic? Because I f- I found this pretty darned interesting. Another report that's just come out in the journal Science suggests that the original WHO investigation into the origins of COVID was fundamentally flawed chronologically and that many of those early cases had nothing to do with the Wuhan wet market, which is the narrative China was pushing for so long. And what that suggests is that patient zero is still a long way from being found and the lab leak theory remains a very real possibility. Yeah. 
So there's that. Yeah. So we're a well, of long freaking way from figuring out who patient zero is. Yeah, yeah. And give me 70, Michael. Come on. Come on. In a cave a thousand miles from Wuhan lives a colony of bats carrying a coronavirus 97% genetically identical to the virus now responsible for killing millions of people. But nothing had connected these bats to the Wuhan Institute of Virology until now. Based on US government documents released under Freedom of Information Act, viral samples from those bats were being collected and sent to the Wuhan lab to study right up until a few months before the pandemic began. A direct link between the two. Uh, question. Uh, may, are we taking questions? I have a question. Why did it take a Freedom of Information Act inquiry to get this information? Because some bureaucrat was covering her ass, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. We're a long way from figuring out, we'll probably never know what went on in China. Don't trust China! If they if they collapse like the Soviet Union did, there's a possibility that we get access to some archives or something like that years from now. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll probably never know what's going on in China. I worry that we'll never find out what was going on with Fauci and uh, Dazak, Dazak and, and others and to what level we were funding this and knew what was going on and hit it and all that sort of stuff. That That's crazy troubling. I hope we get to the bottom of it. And then finally... Have the, this discussion as Americans, as a country, do we think it's a good idea to continue to do this? To make really scary, dangerous viruses so we can study them? Because it looks like, while it seems like a good theory, we don't have the ability to contain them. Mm, yeah, yeah. One final comment on that story. Uh, they mentioned that the virus from the Laotian caves, 97% genetically similar. I have no idea if that's close or not in the world of virology. I don't either. I remember hearing that chimpanzees are like 98.8% the same as humans or 99% or whatever it is. It's just that very last bit that, uh, well, I'm not nearly as hairy as most chimps. Um, hairier than some. <laughs> well, one of My them, feet don't function as hands. One of you mean you can vote, but you have to get a job. The other one, you can just sit around and eat bananas all day long, right. picking nits. You get uh, angry at somebody, you chuck your feces at them. Difference of 1%. Right, hmm? right. I'm a one percenter, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> at least in the primate world. So um, the part of the Kyle Rittenhouse interview, the second half that he did with Tucker Carlson, had a lot to do with his lawyers and the way he was treated, which is a new, completely new story to me. Were you aware of that? Uh, just vaguely. Uh. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard about it. This, uh, there was some commentary during the trial. So you touch on that and a number of things on the way. Uh, I got right in front of me here. This Armstrong and Getty mug. Well, this this is what they call a camp cup. Are you familiar with these? They're they're really popular right now. They're kind of a tin, and they got a little metal thing around. I feel like they're to make you feel like you're rugged or something while you're sitting in your living room with this. Shh, it's called marketing. <laughs> I don't know. It's called lifestyle marketing. So you got your uh, you, you could hike to the top of Mount Everest pants on to sit there on the couch. With your camp cup and you're feeling very rugged. But we have exactly. these, uh, this kind of regular coffee mugs, or we got our Let's Go Brandon hats. We got lots of Let's Go Brandon stuff. Let's Go Brandon. I'd order a set of them and drink your uh, Kentucky mules out of those uh, those tin cups. And That's a, perfect for that. And what's a Kentucky mule? Well, it's uh, like uh, bourbon or whatever your favorite uh, whiskey is. It's generally bourbon and uh, ginger beer, a little squeeze of lime. That's sort of very refreshing. The Moscow Mule, same thing with vodka. There are various mules, Jack, of various regions. Did it's not part of that. what makes travel so enriching. All the different 
mules you can drink. I explained to my son yesterday, he was unaware of it, my sixth grader, the whole let's go Brandon thing, and he just found that so funny. Let's go Brandon. Probably because it is. <laughs> All that stuff on the way. Oh, but you go to the website to buy that stuff. I forgot to mention that. Armstrongandgetty.com. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So in Vermont, where it snows all the time, I was in Vermont once, and they said we got two seasons, winter and waiting for winter. Um, they uh, they decided to name all the snow plows for the different schools, and they gave the kids the ability to vote and name the snow plows. And the results are funny and cute. That sounds funny and cute. So we'll have that for you coming up. We need more funny and cute. We absolutely do. Now, here's some bitter and disappointing. They're doing something awful and stupid in California and maybe coming to a school near you with eliminating higher math to try to... I don't know what they're trying to do, but we'll talk about that coming up. Um, Tucker Carlson, with one of the great gets in recent memory in terms of interviews, had an exclusive interview with Kyle Rittenhouse on his show last night. Yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse recently acquitted of all charges in the self-defense shooting during the Kenosha riots of last summer. He was discussing, among other things, why he spent 87 days in jail and how he was ill-served by his original attorneys. Um, uh, let's go ahead. Just go ahead with 29. I was in jail for 87 days, and this goes as follows in with Lynn Wood, who Lynn Wood was raising money on my behalf and he held me in jail for 87 days disrespecting my wishes put me on media interviews which i should never have done which he said oh you're gonna go talk to the washington post which was not a good idea along with john pierce they said i was safer in jail instead of at home with my family and then after i'm billed your lawyer said that my lawyer said that john pierce and lynn wood 87 days is a long time to be in jail. 87 days of not being with my family for defending myself and being taken advantage to, being used for a cause by these by John Pierce and Lynn Wood, trying to solicit, not solicit, trying to raise money so they can take it for their own benefit, not trying to set me free. So you think they could have raised the money for bail faster, but they didn't? Um, I believe it. I believe sometime in September, September 5th, I want to say, they had over a million dollars, and bail was set and able to be posted in September. So they could have had me sign the waiver for extradition and had me back in Wisconsin, and I could have been bailed out by mid-September. But they wanted to keep me in jail until November 20th. You cynical yet? How do you like that? Lawyers doing so many vampires. All that's good and right in the world. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's a related story. One more. Give us number 30, Michael. I've never seen something so polarizing in my life when it's just, it's obvious self defense. If you look at the case, you look at the facts. No matter what your opinion is or where you stand, this isn't a poli- this wasn't a political case. It, it shouldn't have been a political case. It was made a political case. This had nothing to do with race. 
and the the ways people are twisting this is just sickening. I'm hoping one day there will be some there will be accountability for their actions that they did. Okay, so you're you're intent on not you're not going to let that go. Uh, like I said, really good lawyers are handling yeah. that. Yeah. God, how does he not end up cynical? Uh, so the lawyers that are in th- the your original lawyers were in in theory on your side politically were stealing from you and kept you in jail. Yeah. While all the media is claiming you're a white supremacist and claiming all kinds of things that just weren't true and were easy to know but weren't true, but didn't make any difference. Like so much you see and hear these days, Kyle Rittenhouse became a fundraising gimmick for the unscrupulous. God help you. Probably formed a fake political action committee. Yeah, God help you if you're a cop or a teacher or who, whatever, and you ever get sucked into one of these stories. And, uh, you know, vultures on either side can take advantage of you somehow. Good luck. Yeah, that's true. The vultures of MSNBC were making uh, hay with this kid as well. Yeah, just in a different way. Yikes. Uh, they let school kids name the state snowplows in Vermont. It is kind of cute. We'll tell you about that uh, when we come back. How about that, huh? It's got to be a Plowy McPlow face in there. I'm just, <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. If you miss an hour of the podcast, you can grab it, or an hour of the show, you can grab it on the podcast. That's the way it works. There's a different way to listen to it. You can go to armstrongandgetty.com. It's where you also buy all that merch in time for Christmas, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, it was Biden's 79th birthday, and he heard from a lot of different people. Here, check out some of the texts he got. First from Vladimir Putin. He texted, I sent you edible arrangement. No need to send thank you note. Just speak clearly into pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) Then Barack Obama texted, happy birthday, Joe. Ever wonder how the hell I'm retired and you're not? Next up, Kim Jong-un texted, happy birthday, stop, I'm sending this via telegram, stop, hope you good, stop. (laughs) Telegram. Even Donald Trump texted, he texted, Joe Biden's a total and utter failure, wanted to tweet this, but can't. Can't do it. Uh, The world's oldest person has died. You know, generally speaking... That's Any a, headline that begins with the world's oldest person is going to end with has died. That's a tough gig. Whoever the new world's oldest person is, man, have your head on a swivel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grim Reaper's coming for you. It's actually, they think, the world's oldest person ever. You know, Moses and the Bible aside. Um, this person that died, they think, might be the oldest person who ever lived. 124 years old. She was in the Philippines. The last human on Earth, they believe, that was born in the 1800s. She was born in 1897. Wow, so she was like several years older than second place. Yeah. She was born the same year the ice cream scoop was invented. Oh, before that, you just had a stick. You just jam it into the ice cream, just jab at it. If only there was something to scoop this out more effectively. Uh, Oldest person, I think, ever, 124. That's a long time, so... That means I've got to have enough savings to afford to live for, like, what, 70 years? I mean, you retire at age 65. I mean, you're looking at 60 more years. It's a long time to support yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd go ahead and drive that car for a couple more, more miles there. <laughs> How how tired would you be of various music and styles and things that come in and out of fashion? And young people's lingo. <laughs> That's so chingy, great, great, great grandma. <laughs> I'd like to kill you. Well, yeah, right. So you retire at 65. You dang near got to be 65 twice at 127. I mean, that's, that's, that's something. Wow. Wow. I wonder, how is their quality of life? That's the question. It is the question. I don't know the answer. All right. So I love this. This is rural Vermont where it snows like heck all the time. And they came up with this idea for having the kids at school name the snowplows. Because each school has in its own little rural area, has its own snowplow. And they let the kids name the snowplows. And then they bring the snowplow by the school and the kids get to christen it with its new name. I just love this. This sort of thing is freaking fantastic. If you've never lived in a snowy climate, being a child in a snowy climate is nothing but great. It's so fun. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. The wintertime is yeah. just crazy fun. And then the, you, when spring comes, you're super happy about that. Then you love the summer. The fall's terrific. And then you get to play in the snow again. Then you become an adult. you got to get places and get things done and deal with the ramifications of the winter. It's a little less fun. But as a kid, oh, it's wonderful. Freaking awesome. As a kid, I was born in South Dakota, grew up in Wisconsin, then Kansas. So, yeah, I had a lot of snowy days. Anyway, they named the snow plows. They let the kids choose. Here are some of the more popular ones. All these tiny little schools in Vermont. Uh, William Scrapespear. William Scrapespear. <laughs> I already love it. Edgar Allan Snow. <laughs> Yo, bro, no snow. Uh, snow Begone Kenobi. That's a pretty good one. Snow Begone Kenobi. <laughs> nice. Sweeping Beauty. I like, I like this it. one. Brookfield Elementary School in Vermont just went with Old Bessie. Nothing wrong with an Old Bessie for your big old snow plow. I love it. <laughs> Snowy the plow. Yes. Spooky the square pumpkin. That must be the way the snow plow looks. It must be something about that. I wonder if it's, yeah, it's an orange, uh, orange plow, I'll bet. And, of course, Bridge School in Mid- Middlebury, Vermont. Plowy McPlowface. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it had to be. Kids today. Hilarious. <laughs> That's cute. You child. <laughs> so the other day is California leads America in their brilliant ideas for schooling. The University of California system, which is often called the greatest university system in the world, uh, the University of California system has done away with standardized testing because the SATs and ACTs too often yield too many white kids getting good grades, I guess. They, well, they, they, they discount, Asian They discount kids. the Asian kids. You take those out of the formula because that throws everything off. So too many white kids getting good grades and uh, not enough uh, black and Hispanic kids getting good grades. They're, they're doing away with the standardized test at the UC system. And then at uh, your regular, like, public schools, they got all kinds of, they're doing away with gifted programs and all these different sort of things. And now math? Yeah, they're going to detrack. They're detracking math. Because it used to be the more advanced students would work ahead. They would get into advanced math. They would head toward STEM degrees, whatever. Uh, kids who weren't as adept at math didn't do as well. It took a little slower pace, uh, et cetera. And according to the new uh, California math guidelines that the uh, progressive folks have, have gotten through, detracking is the plan. It groups uh, all of those, uh, all of those students together to achieve equity because well as they point out the tracking can unravel uh, oh the detracking can unravel racial segregation inside schools 
almost everywhere, white and Asian students are more likely to be placed in higher tracks. Nothing near exclusively, just more likely with black and Latino students more likely to be placed in lower, lower tracks. So I was following a Twitter thread on this. There's all kinds of information out there that shows you how the kids that go into the advanced math um, are so much more likely to go into the STEM fields and how necessary it is to do the advanced math before you head off to another level of the STEM fields. And so all this is going to do is uh, eventually you know, eliminate the advanced math and these kids' opportunity to, to, to use their talents. And the weird thing with the math stuff, so this is all, I assume, this is all built around like, you know, uh, having the right mixture of races and it's no, systemic racism and nobody yes. feeling bad about, uh, you know, you're in the regular math class. In math, particular, my experience was because I did the like the, the advanced, most advanced math in high school and stuff like that. The other kids, it's not like they're, oh, I long to be in the advanced math class. They're like, yeah, go do that, nerd. Knock yourself out. Enjoy your advanced math class. It's not like they feel, everybody else feels bad about being in the regular math class. It's just like, you have a weird quirk that this is your thing. Go ahead and enjoy yourself. Well, as There's a not like a stigma around it. No, not a, not even a little. As a pasty-faced white boy, I'll tell you this. I was really good at, like, algebra and then the next step. And then I just I hit the wall when we got into the more advanced stuff. I was so relieved right. not to have to take the super hard stuff. It was so hard for me. That's my point. My, my son... It wasn't my talent. It's just not where I was going in life. My, my son, if he's not in the advanced math class, which is math is not his thing, he'd be like, whoo, dodged a bullet there. Fantastic. I get to be in the regular math class. It's not like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to, like sports or music or some other things where you, you could have some serious jealousy about. I would like to be in that. I remember I tried out for and didn't make one um, special band thing in band. And that's like where the cool, good, good players were. I never practiced was my biggest downfall. Um, that would hurt your chances. It did yeah. really hurt my chances. But like that one, you know, that had some social whatever. That doesn't exist with math. No. The people that aren't into math are perfectly fine with the math people going off and doing their own thing. Jack, where some see a long overdue reckoning with systemic racism, others see an unsettling and overly broad focus on matters of race and a threat to children who are succeeding in the current system. Says this uh, this woman, Carol Corbett Burris, who detract courses at a uh, New York school. It tends to be a very complicated issue around socioeconomics, around race, around privilege, and around ableism. Who is high ability and who is wow. not? Wow. Yeah, how, I know. How, what do you, how do you think you're helping anybody? That's what I don't get out of this stuff. This does not help anyone. No, it doesn't. It It, uh, it is shared misery. No one achieves. Nobody's left behind. It's shared mediocrity and misery, which is their their uh, vision of the world. And I found this really interesting. This is something else I was reading that's related. And they, they talk about uh, New York City. De Blasio ended the gifted programs. And some of the way it was implemented, I think it could have been reformed. This, like all reporting, it's oversimplified. Uh, Eric Adams is going to uh, start it again, maybe in, in, in different ways. But then they get into the core issue. It's worth asking two simple questions, writes this uh, writer, whose name is way at the top, and I don't have time to scroll. When it comes to chess, basketball, piano, singing, ballet, do some children have exceptional gifts and stand to benefit from exceptionally challenging instruction? My answer to that would be unquestionably 
It's such a big yes, I can't even believe anybody could even ask the question seriously. Second, does this also apply to endeavors like poetry, calculus, chemistry? And again, I would say absolutely yes. It's no great surprise that pro baseball players have exceptional eyesight. Art and music prodigies excel on tests of working memory. Or elite athletes tend to be blessed with fast-twitch musculature. On the other hand, and then they get into this, um, uh, the, some of the, uh, the stuff going on in California. California's Instructional Quality Commission, which is, in, which is doing this new math thing, um, says, when pressed on whether this would stymie children with a particular aptitude or interest in math, the commission's stance was perfectly clear, and I quote, we reject ideas of natural gifts and talents. That's a heck of a quote. Yeah, that's the people in charge of what's happening in California schools. They deny that there's such a thing as natural gifts and talents. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I know. I know. Do they not have kids or raise kids or ever be around other humans? Yeah, I'm being way too narrow. Have you never been around other humans? Like you haven't been at work and noticed, well, that guy's really smart. I think he's smarter than I am. Or she's really good at blank. She's better at that than I am. You've never been around other humans that clearly seem to be just naturally better at things than you? I want Ever you to, in your uh, life. I want you to memorize this. I want you to write it down. I want you to get it tattooed on your upper arm, your lower arm if you're sleeved. The capacity for ideology to blind people's common sense is infinite. Well, I thought I'd heard the craziest stuff by now doing this job, but that is crazy. And that is that is the star chamber determining public education in California. Well, I'm I'm a I I I think we need to move the other direction toward uh, toward really having meritocracy where people's talents you get the best of whatever they're at you know send them off into special schools camps teachers whatever to get the best out of everybody that that benefits the whole country. But particularly around math, like I've said three times, it's just so weird. People who aren't great at math don't want to be the other people. I've never met one anyway. Well, and the objection to some of the programs, like in New York, was that it, that they test the kids too early. And some of the kids, because of their home life or culture or whatever, they're not as well, quote-unquote, educated at a very young age as some of the white kids and Asian kids, which is probably true. Mm. I would throw in Indian kids, too. Um so if you want to have, uh, you know, abilities to retract kids or test them when they're older or whatever, that's fine. I think that's probably a good idea. But California is so extreme, they deny the existence of natural gifts and talent. How, pardon me, effing crazy is that? I was never particularly good at anything, so it's not like it, you know, benefited me any. But I just, I don't understand how I benefit from you holding back other people who are really good at stuff. It, how does that help me any? As the average person, I don't get well. It. Well, you'd have to ask these extremist crazy people. Yeah, uh, if you want to weigh in on any of these conversations ever, you can on the text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
I've been on the road the last seven of the last eight weeks, and uh, just you know, people out there, are fine. People mm -hmm. are nice. Eighty-five percent of people are totally cool. It's just every you know, extreme left and extreme right have completely like lost their minds. Everybody else is just kind of sitting there. You're like, absolutely right. Yeah, they're just trying not to get in trouble. Like, when are mom and dad going to stop yelling at each other about? <laughs> gender-neutral bathrooms that you can hang an AR-15 in or whatever, whatever it is that they're flipping out about. I think everybody else would just like, you know. That's Bill Burr, the comedian, on with Jimmy Kimmel last night. Ah! Bill Burr from The Mandalorian. Uh, we got this text. You guys talked about snow plows for a half an hour and nobody mentioned Mr. Plow. That's the name again, Mr. Plow. That is a little embarrassing. That name again is Mr. Plow. One of the great Simpsons episodes of all time. We talked about snow plows for like two and a half minutes. What are you talking about a half an hour? A couple of things you got here. J.K. Rowling's of Harry Potter fame slams transgender activists for posting a home address on Twitter. Gotta love it. Doxter. Gotta love it. Post her home address because she believes there are two kinds of uh, genders, you're male or female. Just freaking unbelievable. Came across this from ABC News. Who asked? Why did anybody answer? Who listens? Dr. Anthony Fauci says there's no reason why vaccinated families can't celebrate Thanksgiving together. Well, in his defense, he is probably answering the question that he was asked. So he was he said that. But why does anybody ask and why does anybody listen? Who cares what the government thinks about what you're going to do for Thanksgiving? Well, and among that subgroup of humans, if indeed it exists, how many of them have waited till today? <laughs> To wonder that aloud right. and need the answer. Oh, I can? Well, then I better invite family from all around the country to show up in 36 hours. Kids, and, buy a plane ticket. And prepare a meal. Anthony Fauci says we can get together. Isn't that great news? Oh, did you see the video of the WWE fan, I'm using my finger quotes, who ambushed Seth Rollins? I don't follow the wrestling, but apparently he's a big, literally and figuratively wrestler. Uh, he got blindsided by a fan who knocked him down, and like he was on the ground for a while. But no, then that's he, insane. But then he got up, and security was holding him back from wanting to get at this guy. I say you let the big wrestler go ahead and fight the dude who apparently wanted to fight him, and just let it play out that way. Do the math. They're having to hold back the giant wrestler against this guy who blindsided him. Go, go ahead, tough guy. You want to fight uh, Seth Rollins here? Give him, give him your best shot. When he's looking. It's final thoughts, boys. That'll do, boys. Soon we'll hear your comments. Entertain us. Give us closure. For the show is nearly done. That's awesome. Wow. We now do have a Bats of Laos t-shirt available at armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> and the logo's cool. I like it. I might get one myself. Do anyway, it. here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, starting in the control room, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought. Yeah, this Thanksgiving, if you see the stuffing coming out of a box, just make sure you just tip over the whole table. It's the only way that people will learn not to cook that stuff. I think you've made that up. I've been to a gazillion Thanksgivings that I don't know how many different kinds of homes I've never seen anybody use stuffing out of a box. Uh, young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer, has a final thought for us. Uh, Alex? I had Friendsgiving this last weekend, made a turkey for the first time in my life. It nearly melted off the bone. I was so happy with oh, how it did. That's very impressive. 
Uh, indeed. Yeah, well done. Jack, a final thought? Ah, geez. Uh, check out our store if you want to see what we got. There's some cool stuff in there. I- I'm actually pitching it as like, if you got anybody you know who likes the show, this is the easy way, man. You're off the hook. You're yeah. off the hook. They're going to really like it. It's easy. And if you if you go now, you can get it in time for Christmas at armstrongandgetty.com. And as always, if you miss an hour of the show, you can get the podcast. Cheer. So uh, my final thought, I'm going to cede to Tom, who writes, you guys talking about a 26-pound turkey and how expensive it was, $103, at a high end of a half pound per person. That's 26 people. That equals $3.96 per glutton. Just charge all your guests 10% for a turkey meal. A succulent turkey meal? I got my stretchy pants on. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. See something we ought to be talking about? Send it along. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. God bless America. What in God's name? What's going on here? I got my stretchy pants on. Let me say, let me say one thing. LGB. What a personal privilege. Well, that bad at And I thought, what? He's speaking a word from his teeth hole like a splat. True in international depression. But also see it as a moment, yes. So let's go out with a bang. Hey, what do you want to so put on clown shoes and honk honk through the whole show? And that's what I'm oh, you saying. You think I'm funny? How the how the blank am I funny? <laughs> he about did it, folks. <laughs> did. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.